Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Christ, that was a brat, Rick. Thanks for that. Put you in Sorry, charge of music every week. Um, no, it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. Hello. Uh, welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys live, direct and dangerous, um, as we always say. Uh, I'm hosting today. So you have me, Jack Holmes. Uh, I'm joined by, um, insert whichever adjective you want to use today, uh, Rick Flair and Harry Gregory, uh, who's becoming a more permanent feature on the show, which is uh, which is a good thing. Um, uh, we're we're very pleased to have you, Harry. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, not quite sure where I'm at on the uh, scale right now in terms of Friday night, but I think I'm about there. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, this can be a an experience to kind of, I think everyone's looking for the same thing that this kind of pod might um, sort of cleanse the uh, cleanse the mind of Friday night. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do our very best, but um, the ever obliging Leicester City just you know is the gift that keeps on giving, really, isn't it? Um, and it's probably a good way to describe you, Rick. The gift that keeps on giving. How are you, mate? Yeah, sorry about the abrupt music. Sausage fingers there. I've uh, I've gone way too early on the end of the music, haven't I? But um, it represents Leicester City's fan base of leaving games early. So um, I'm not well. Wrong. Well, it represents the teams. The teams' way of um, of stopping play early as well. So well, you know, I mean, sorry to interrupt you there, but no, no, no. It's a good point actually. Maybe maybe there's something in that. Fans are leaving early. We, the players, think it's only 80-minute games. Been watching that weird egg-shaped sport instead. Um, no, I'm not all right because of the football. You know, I'm approaching 41 in the summer and the football will still make or break my weekend. And when you play on a Friday night, it is, you know, tempting the, the disaster of 
a poor weekend and that's where I'm at. Um, get into get into the the meat of it, but yeah, no, I'm still not over it. Um, despite plenty of positives, I'm still not over it. I'm fuming. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm with you. To be honest, uh, as you all know, I'm not not a man that takes defeat very well, particularly uh, uh, straight after. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still not all right actually. So so I messaged you on Friday, didn't I? And I said yeah. I'm not going to watch tonight um, because I was very doom and gloom last week. Um, and and unfortunately, it, it didn't pan out in exactly the way that I thought it did. I actually thought we were, you know, for what 60, 70 minutes, I, I was really happy with it. And I thought, you know, may, maybe, you know, this is, you know, they're going to going to prove us wrong because I, I didn't do the pod on on Friday. Um, but uh, what I was saying last week is this team has questions to answer. I think. Um, and I think they've still got questions to answer. I think from a from a footballing perspective it, at this level, I think you know when we're at our best, we're fantastic. Um, I think there's huge questions about the mentality. Um, I would say at the football club rather than just just the team in a way. I think I think we'll definitely get into that. But but I'm with you. I'm I'm getting angrier and angrier as I as I talk about this and. Um, I think that's probably probably a good place to start, and I'll start with you, Harry. So, you know, your your take on the game, if you will. I I, I think essentially the game. I don't, I don't I don't think you'll find any lesser City fan disagree with exactly how it went. Was it that you know for for sixty odd minutes we were absolutely fantastic. In the second half, we'd managed to effectively make them as an attacking unit make every pass go loose. Uh, Rutter was getting constantly frustrated. Somerville, probably the best player in the league. Uh, Hamza, actually, who I didn't expect that performance from at all, and played exceptionally well against him. Um, but there's always that nagging doubt, wasn't there, that every chance that got missed was going to lead to some kind of eventual, um, uh, you know, penalty against us in the sense of, you know, Leeds were going to, going to eventually put one in. Um, and it just felt like them collapses. Uh, it felt very similar. And my reaction, unfortunately, for my partner at the time who decided to sit in the room, was quite similar to that Bournemouth game in lockdown where it just all unravelled and my anger uh, went through the roof. At the, <laughs> to the point on the second goal went in, I just had to grab something out of frustration and, and, and hold tight to it and try and stop myself from throwing it because... You just sensed it, and that's um, the repeating pattern that is quite worrying. Um, that as the moment, as the, as the time went on, some people say we didn't. I thought we got deeper. I thought our press was excellent, and that's where we really, um, really caught leads out. Um, in that sense, we 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 looked very much uh, like we knew what we were doing in that sense. And we got deeper and that, that press went. And then all of a sudden, Leeds were getting the ball on the edge of the 18-yard box. And when you do that, it only takes uh, one error, uh, one shot, one deflection. It's a goal. The first goal, he's just hit it, hasn't he? Oak for the best, it's ended up in. Second goal, very similar. Uh, the Guardian report said it was a fine left-footed strike. Well, it was just nothing more than a pure shank. Um, and Well, the third goal was... 
I, I was going to turn it off actually before the third goal went in, but I just seen it before I turned it off, and, and that just summed it up another deflection. Yeah, frustrating beyond belief, really. That kind of explains my pass for the ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, I think my watching experience was remarkably similar. I, I turned off at pretty much exactly the same time as you, um, and and yeah, I, I, I don't want to be too negative this evening. I think I think we're going to have to be. I think Rick, I, you know, hilariously, I'll, I'll look to you for for some positives as well. I think Harry's talked about the the press, which you know is I think really developed for us as a side this year, but. If if we're um if we're gonna talk talk positives, what, what were the bits that you kind of you'd really take out of the game? Yeah, I mean it, as I said briefly earlier, in isolation there is plenty to be positive about on for Friday night's performance. I don't think there's many of us who expected that. Um my my uh what's the word I'm after? Me being irked with our fans last week was more out of the fear that seemed to be coming out of them about facing Leeds. Not that we have the ability to throw games away or to lose games, because despite uh, us being very clear at the top, we are in the league for a reason. And we're, we're not the best team that's ever been seen in the Championship, I don't think. But despite that, the, the, the fear issue was just nonsense. And Friday night was... It, it showed that. We were brilliant. We were absolutely, to a man, far better than Leeds United in our technical ability, in our game plan. Um, I mean, both me and you, Jack, called for Hamza to be in. And, mm. certainly, you know, before the game, people were, were moaning about that. And I, I said, watch him go and have a man of the match performance. And he wasn't far off getting that. If we got the result that we deserved, Chowdhury would have been up there with it because Somerville was a passenger. Um, so, so, uh, and that midfield trio, not even counting Hamza, so Ricardo, KDH, and Winks far outplayed Kamara, um, Guru F, or whatever his name is, and, and Ampadu. If, if, if that's where he was playing, it was hard to see where he so we, you know, we, we outplayed them across most positions for 60 70 minutes, yet. We didn't win. You know, we, it's not that we threw it away and got a draw like we did against Ipswich, and that would have been frustrating. But in isolation, it's fine. You can say, well, Leicester play it. They went to Leeds, who haven't um, been beaten all season at their gaff, and we've we've arguably played them off the park, but for some sitters we've missed. But you can't help but put it into context with the two Ipswich games with the Coventry away game, despite us being down to 10 men, you know, we, we did the same where we seemed to have a game plan in that second half with 10 men and, and look comfortable. And, and there's been some other games. I mean, it's like being an owner of an XL bully and you've gone out for the day and, you know, the dog's behaved itself and then right at the end, it's savaged someone. We can't say, well, bloody hell, you know, it did all right for three hours. It's scant consolation for the person who's been savage. So, you know, in isolation, <laughs> fine. But I'm getting very, very annoyed because it is a mentality issue. If Enzo wants to say it's a big game for them, it's a huge, huge game for them, but not for us, just another game. Well, maybe it should be a fucking big game for us 
Maybe then Mavadidi will put one of those chances away. Maybe Daka won't nutmeg himself when he's one-on-one. -on -one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's sticking up for Enzo saying game plan. He play it, he, he executed it perfectly. Yes, he did. But why can't his players be more ruthless? Why are they missing easy chances? That's when it's slow. It has to come back on the manager. He has to lead and he has to get every ounce of ability out of these players. When Perez skied it against Chelsea to, to go 2-2 or the game after against Spurs when Ian Acho should have put us 3-1 up and we blew top four, whose fault was that? Were they blaming the players or was also Rodgers getting a bit of stick there because yet again we've bottled it down the stretch? Now, it's still too early to say that Enzo is a bottler and he's he's creating that environment. I'm still confident. I still believe in us. But there's enough there. There's a pattern that we should not bury our head in the sand and point to us being now six points clear rather than 12 points clear not that long ago. There's an issue there. And until we fix it, because these next 12 games are all about mentality. They're not about ability. Ability mm. will take so far. If we haven't got the right mentality for these next 12 games, those six points will vanish like that. Yeah, agree. Look, I, there's there's a lot to pick up on there. There's one thing I do want to pick up on you. And and you talked about the negativity last week and it, it being nonsense. But bit I'd ask you, was it nonsense though? Because that, for me, what we saw on Friday, I, okay, we played a little bit better than I thought we did. And I, I thought we might, I thought we might get rolled over in a similar way to to Ipswich, and and to be honest, I got that wrong because we're a far we're a better outfit than that. But we the way we capitulate it is, yeah. you know, what I'm really fearful of this team. I don't I don't question our footballing ability, but I do question our our mentality. And and Harry, um, like I know you've and we've talked about this before, but it's difficult where to to point the finger because I don't think there's any debate that there is there is a mentality issue and it there has been for a number of years and people keep telling me well it's different squad different managers but it it feels all all very familiar doesn't it yeah yeah and I, I, as a fan and, and and this is where I have some great sympathy with the ones what are going um, away most of the time. Who've unfortunately been there on three occasions away from well four if you include Sheffield Wednesday um, to see a team at the end unravel um, and come out of a ground and you, you, you're top of the league but you've got four sets of supporters there that are absolutely bouncing around the ground as they leave um, and I have some great sympathy if, if you see it as a repeat thing I think the one thing you, as, as a fan you always wish to see from your team is is a level of desire and grit that when that when it's on when you know when the tension's on the pressure's on that, that they deliver and um that gets quite tired and that's where the negativity essentially stemmed from last week is is that if you have a repeat thing that keeps happening and you have the same feeling that happens again and again then it eventually gets so tiring that you begin to fear the worst all the time and that's exactly where this feeling of, of, of what's going to happen over the next 12 games is coming from. It's just, we've seen it all before. Ironically, Rick mentioned it, Leeds have got a notion of actually doing this, uh, to which their fans sung an awful lot about in the remaining minutes of the game on Friday, singing Leeds are falling apart again. You know, it gets within a fan base. 
and then starts to may it may well do start to um, spread around other parts. You know, I, I found I, I thought today a little bit about um, the old point that was made a couple of weeks ago by, by a guy far better um, a judge than than the nurse than uh, in the sense of Enzo wishes to play football with the head, not with the heart, and fans generally lead with the heart, not the head. Well, part of the head is is that when you're one nil up with 15 minutes to play. You do all the chitterousery in the world you can do to slow a game down, mm. and try and make it as much stop and start, and to make, and just kill the game. That that's the difference between very good sides and good sides. Where I'd say someone like Man City is so much better than Arsenal is because they've got the ability to do that. They're, they're masters of the dark arts. Particularly that was even got worse at one-one, where there was an opportunity to go right in. Let's slow this game down. Someone hit the deck for thirty seconds. Let's make a sub. Let's slow it right down, and let's go from here. Because one all in that point would have been still a very good result, regardless of the performance. It has still been the result that that have been to our satisfaction. That we carried on playing at their pace, and then for a perfect example of it is, is Ricardo had had a fantastic game up until that point, completely lost his head, and Faz lost his head. They just all they just went to absolute bits in terms of formation and shape. We were in no position at 2-1 down that we were ever going to come back because we just completely lost our heads when. Mm, yeah. That that was that was the part that, uh, that, that it, it just become a total and utter mess. And that that really, really got me angry. Someone like my dad, who is quite a bit like Jack's dad, been there, seen it all before, doesn't get too overly emotional. I rang him on Saturday morning. I said, you're all right. He said to me, you're all right. I said, no, not particularly. And he kind of kind of ignored that comment and then I said yeah it was about the football and then eventually he said even he went to bed on Friday night with the ump because that's how angry it got him yeah um I, that, I think your, your dad sounds a bit calmer than mine Harry but yeah there we go <laughs> um I, the the point you make about I think I want to call it sort of game management in total, something that I've thought about a lot. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I think as we've all agreed, this keeps happening. Well, you know, it switched twice, regardless of whether you go a point away from home is a good result. Well, I'm sorry, like conceding with two minutes, you know, before the end off a double deflection goal is unlucky. But in many respects, you're in charge of your own luck. I mean, the game at home was, again the complete same what happened at Coventry again I mean almost the, the first goal against Coventry and against Leeds uh, same minute almost the same goal as I'm imagining them have gone through someone someone's legs and, and we're really deep I what I'm what I'm trying to work out is like why it keeps happening because you know at, at times we look unbelievable we look completely in control of games but for some reason we go to shit. And one of the things I was thinking about today was, is the style that we play unsustainable in the last 15 minutes of games? Like, do we need to just try something completely different? Because it takes a lot, you know, our friend Brussel, which we, we need to talk about, keeps talking about bravery and, and the way we, you know, the it, it takes balls to play in the way we play. You know, when you're pinging it back and, you know, the, 
the players feed off the off the crowd's energy and the you know the Leeds fans were pretty quiet for 80 minutes from what I could hear on TV but then all of a sudden they're up and it becomes a bit bit you know vociferous and and Harry you're right I think you know the players need to talk about how they how they take it out of games but you know those sort of 50-50 moments where you're just trying to nick the ball away all of a sudden you miss that and then you're right on the back foot and your heads go and I wonder whether it is, you know, the style in which we play. It's very difficult to play out games in in that way. And and actually, it's something I'll, I'll probably be... Enzo is so, you know, we're quite pragmatic in how we play. We pl- did play differently the other night. We went long a lot more. But the style is still about, you know, finding space. Maybe we just need to try something different in the last 15 minutes. The one game I give him a load of credit for, Rick, and I know you absolutely love this, was when he brings um, Suter on with 15 minutes to go. To go and well, edit, edit yeah. away, but he he doesn't want to change anything, and you know, and the the other thing for me is like that's that's four big games. I think Farker has outmanaged him twice, and I think McKenna's outmanaged him twice. And people will go, "Oh, well, we only drew against that." What I think Maresca is phenomenal at is his pre-game preparation, the way he sets them up. He'll drill them through the week. They take on a lot of information, unbelievably well drilled. He's very good at getting them in at half time. Like he often says, um, oh well, they've they've confused us with how they set up. And he'll address it at half time. And you know, there's various games where we've where we've changed that. In game, where he's got to think on his feet and change stuff up, I haven't I haven't seen him really affect a game in that way. And I, I think McKenna and Farker have done him now. Um and he's a young manager and he'll learn and I'm not digging him out, but I just think we need to try, and I'm not saying just like who fit long, but we need to try something. Maybe it's about going a little bit more compact, stop inverting the fullback or whatever. I'm, I'm no tactician, yeah. but something needs, they need to do something different. Yep. Well, we do, because the other thing as well, mate, is the like-for-like substitutions that he does make aren't as good. So mm. if you're not going to change it up, but you have to make subs, which you do, because if you don't make subs, and then you... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Throwaway result. You say, well, why didn't you make subs? They were dead on the feet. But you know, Mavadidi for all his all the frustration with the, the misses, he was electric. They couldn't deal with him. That was one of the reasons why Farker then took Furpo off, moved Gray over to the left hand side, and brought um, Connor Robertson. And what did we do? We we basically took a player off and didn't bring a player on because Casey McAteer might have been, well have been called Casper the Ghost because he weren't there. Mm. Absolutely shit his pants. Again, and I know about shitting my pants, I suffer from ulcerative colitis. But that was diabolical. And, um, you know, so if you can't go like for like, again, Cannon wasn't as effective in the game as as, as Dakar. I know the game changed quite quickly. And then we, well, we were... The getting... one bit I would say, like Dakar, he's getting dug out massively for the finish. And that's fair enough. He should have scored. He's done unbelievably well for the first goal and the press was unbelievable. And yeah. I only think that happens with him in the team. 
It does. And and that was the game plan against Ipswich at home where they couldn't deal with us, where we were so surprised. That was, you know, that was a real shift in sort of the way we played, setting up specifically for Ipswich. And he did it again on Friday night. And yeah, I mean, you can't excuse that miss from Dakar. It is, it is just like jaw-dropping. But the other parts of his game at the minute make us look so collectively dangerous. Fatawu didn't have a good game, and and at the minute he, he he's completed really... four passes on Friday night. Yeah, it, it's a worry. But um, yeah, going back to so I think because we can't like for like change the likes of Mavadidi, even Fatawu or 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 KDH, then do something a bit different. Go a bit more defensive, and I know that risks you inviting the team on but we seem to invite the team on when we've made those changes anyway you know I don't see why all Brighton didn't come on on Friday night he's been there he's done it now okay at his stage in his career he's not gonna he's not gonna do it on his own but I trust him more to see a game out than Casey McAteer and I really want McAteer to do well but he's not a winger bring him on as an eight fine I think he can still do something there but out wide, he's come on a couple of times now and we've really struggled. Um, and OK, maybe you should have brought Cody or someone on to, to see it out. I know when you bring another defender on, you're, you are inviting them on and, and, and for them to be effective, you're very much relying on the ball to come in the box. Now, Leeds weren't necessarily doing that. The, the way that they were attacking us was more getting the ball into feet and then like swarming us, which might not have... Um, made much difference with an extra centre half on, but we were nowhere, um, and there were deflected goals which you could say was unlucky, and they are in isolation. But how on earth does a team suffer so many late deflected goals in big games as we do? Mm. It's like we've got a magnet. Well, I think it's f- just because we go. If you look, if you freeze that picture, I mean, the defenders are basically in the goal. Yeah, yeah, true. So if they don't block it, it go anywhere. Yeah. And we, and it's we like did, a core, we just, isn't it? I think you said it earlier. Yeah, we just retreated really deep, deep. And we we also don't close down very well. I don't know who was meant to be True. closing down. Hermanson's got an uncanny knack to nearly get, nearly save all these deflected shots as well. And yet still like jump on top of them and then dribble over the line. And I can't tell whether, I know it's hard to, to criticise it. I, I think that's again, a symptom. so frustrating. I think that's a symptom though, Nick, of our Nick. Rick, how near they, these shots are being taken, he doesn't he doesn't have chance mm. to literally get his feet back mm. across to, to save them. True. You know, yeah. when you defend that deep, it's like every set piece. You make one error, you make one miss kick, and it's probably going to lead to a goal. You know, yeah. the, the, the thing is, we, we, we get in that defensive shape and we almost go in a halfway house because the wingers end up playing so deep. And that's where, when we take off Mavadidi, I think it applied to the Coventry game as well, where it was a bit of an error to, for him to be the elected player to come off because he stretches the game so much more further up the pitches, pulls the opposition's fullbacks up. Fatuu does his job very well and comes running back with him. But then once you drop off 10 yards deeper on the defence, there's no, there's no out ball. The striker's very much isolated as well. And... I can't help but feel, and, and we kind of forget this point because of his coaching background more than anything with Maresca. He's managed less than 50 league games. Mm. You know, he lasted 12, I believe, with Palmer. We're not, we're, we're not yet at 36, 38 ourselves. So I would, 
the, the thing is, it's the fourth occasions that that's where, you know, we're always willing to give a bit of grace when it's not a repeat occurrence. And it's getting a bit long in the tooth now that this thing keeps keeps reoccurring, that we haven't tried to alter the system. I think Jack's point is very valid in terms of to keep trying to play that way that promotes basically perfection in order for it to work successfully. Um, is very difficult to continue when you're mentally tired and physically tired. So there has to be some kind of thing. How do we make it more easy for ourselves? And sometimes it's the old notion of, uh, you know, do you actually start doing things like playing a – sounds daft on, on the outside, but if you think about it through, if you, if you play an attacking midfielder or drop someone in the number 10 who can pick up the open space on the counter-attack and say, right, you know, let's go – to the old-fashioned counter-attacking style and use that space that's now beyond the defence. You know, it's going to be difficult for any team if some side all of a sudden leads just completely abandon tactics and just start to pressure right up the pitch. You know, we have to find a solution in those situations that is far more successful than what we're doing. I think the point just made by Jason, Wilf is still the nearest thing we've got. He's the nearest thing we've got to a box to box midfielder, isn't he? You know, up mm. and down, and and that's that missing his height as well. I think in the scenarios that you get, uh, not not so much with leads because as Rick pointed out, they they didn't look to the flanks too much. They looked to play through the centre. But in a Sheffield Wednesday situation, I think he's quite important. So. You know, um, it's the alternatives as well, isn't it, guys? You know, the, the bench, and we'll, we'll go back into a circle to previous points we've made about why people like ourselves think the January transfer window wasn't a particularly successful one, but people are defending the club on that. But, you know, again, we've, we're fading and out with Pratt, don't we? You know, he, he had a fairly good game against Middlesbrough and he didn't get a sniff on, a sniff on Friday night. You thought his legs might have been useful. Um, all Brighton's been mentioned for his experience. I think certainly in the scenario of McAteer, he, he, he does a better role. And, you know, I can't help but feel that January, even if it was a loan deal, you know, just, just, just a body or two, we're obviously quite aware that the FFP issue is, is something. But I'm, I'm still a little bit at loss at that. I know we're, we're nearly a month on. I'm still a little bit at a loss for that because we lost a player in Cassidy. And we didn't replace him. So I don't know where the wages for Cassidy have necessarily gone, uh, which doesn't probably put points to other questions that we probably won't dwell on now in terms of how bad is the wage bill situation. But, you know, we'll see. We've made we've made a game of it, haven't we, guys? That's that's Once it's all said and done, the dust has settled now. We're in a, we're yeah. in a title race and become a promotion race yeah. yesterday as well with it, which is the result. Yeah, and, and we definitely shouldn't shouldn't forget that I, I completely agree with the point you made about almost the margin for error that we've got is is so small and you know like maybe bringing Eunice on as a number 10 as you say is is something slightly different because he, he he does run around a lot but you know I don't want to go over old ground but you know when you talk about the January transfer window when you talk about the same things happening going again it's like it just feels like as a club there is a complete lack of ruthlessness and maybe if you pay the fortune and you know you're never going to get paid that much maybe if you walk into Seagrave and you've got everything you ever want I mean you know our players 
will be on three times what some of the other players at, at this level. Maybe it's just all a bit too comfortable. And, and I do, I don't know whether they're bricking it or whether they're arrogant. I think Adrian Durham came out on Friday and said, oh, Leicester were arrogant. And apparently Maresca was doing his absolute nothing in the last 10 minutes. And, you know, I didn't like the comments he, he made before the game, but that's just my own personal preferences. If it, if it comes off, you look like a hero, don't you? When you when, but that wound them up, like Ampadu said it after the game. But there's just no ruthlessness, I don't think. You know, and that and that is why we're in this title race now, which is kind of what I've always feared, really. I was like, I think we're we're a very good side. But do we have that ruthlessness that means that we'll piss it? I mean, we're we're not. Like, and and that's not to dig anyone out, but we're well in a title race now, and we keep dismissing Ipswich, but Ipswich have lost four games all season. Mm. Ipswich keep scoring late goals. They're basically the inverse of us. Um, you know, they've got real momentum behind them. And and yet now with 12 games to go, I almost think the fact that we're a good football side doesn't even matter. I think we've alluded to this a few times. It's it's all about mentality now, isn't yes. it, Rick? Yeah, 100%. Um, we still need to have the ability, which we've got. I don't, I don't doubt that. And I think that will still shine through. It's all about mentality now. Um, and Enzo, you know, the, the comments he made before the game, that may well have fired Leeds up, but it also got to them because we were far better for 70 yeah, minutes true. against them. So if he's going to go down that route, and I said this before the game, that's fine. And maybe he needs to, but maybe he needs to consider what, um, you know, what, um, how he's going to play this because he needs to lead the players if the players, as you say, they're on a lot more money than a lot of the uh, the rest of the division. They are a cut above in, in what they've been used to. And sometimes that can be a rude awakening that is hard to deal with. They've dealt with it very, very well for the majority of the season. So you've got to give them credit for that. But it's almost the pressure's coming very late. We haven't got the fortune that Leeds had where they've toiled early in the season and then have built it. If we toil now, we don't get 20 games to get it right. We've got to get it right now. You know, we can drop a couple more results possibly. But if we if we if we lose five of the remaining 12, there's a very real chance we could finish third. Hmm. And that's even with like six or seven wins. I think that would probably still be enough. But the point is, we we haven't got a great deal of margin for error, as, as has been pointed out. And I think that's that's been the real issue that some of the fans uh, are getting very frustrated about. We shouldn't be in this position now. Um, and But we are, and we've got to collectively, and that's fans alike. I mean, yes, our atmosphere against Middlesbrough in the final 10 minutes was almost like Ellen Road was on Friday when they got uh, back to 1-1. But we need, the fan base needs to be behind them as well because it doesn't matter that we shouldn't be in this league or that we've been in. We have to get behind them because we need every every ounce of ability, atmosphere, mentality to get across the line because we are in a race now. It is six points is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. So yeah, I think it's a real. It should be a real wake up call for Enzo and the boys. And, and, you know, after losing to Middlesbrough and Leeds back in October, we had the benefit of a international break and we came back and that stretch of games, I know after we beat Watford, we then drew at Sheffield Wednesday, but then for, 
that collective period up until after Christmas, we were, I wouldn't say mentality monsters, because that's horrible cliche, but we were we were far more driven and ruthless. We were scoring more goals. We were more intense. And that's what we've got to go and do again. We've got to, but we've got to do it a game at a time, which I know is difficult because we're probably thinking, shit, 12 games, we've got to get enough points, but we've got to take it one game at a time. But we've also, we can't be claiming we'll be all right or that it's more important for them than us. No, we've got to be the leaders in, in fearlessness and ruthlessness. Yeah, yeah, we do. And Harry, I'll ask you this question. Do you think we still win the league? And there's not a second question because I was going to ask if you think we still get promoted, but if we win the league, we get promoted. I, I think we do. Um, solely off, solely off the. It's going to get close over the next few games. We, we're going to hit a bottleneck. By the time we play Southampton on in, in mid March, it's going to get very tight. I, I, I think Hull are going to give us a real game. QPR have suddenly picked up some form from God knows where. Yeah. Um, the fixtures then relax a little bit off after the um, game against Southampton. That we we play the sort of teams that you want to play at this time of the season, in terms of right in the middle, uh, middle part. Bristol City now I don't like they're going to make the playoffs, for example. Um, Preston will probably be out of the picture by then. I, I can't. But they got an excellent win on Friday. I can't see them carrying on. I just think we've got too many teams left who should be. And there's also the part of me, rightly or wrongly, that thinks on probability Leeds can't win 12 out of 12. Um, without wishing to go back, I, I think we're going to do it. But the, the two points that I just wanted to make on previous things that Jack and Rick said was the last time we won promotion from here, Nigel Pearson did a really good trick in January. He signed Kevin Phillips. And he also, in that squad, added a few players who were never going to make the start in 11, um, such as uh, Hammond and Taylor Fletcher. Um, but they worked an absolute treat in terms of setting the mentality, setting the standard behind the, t behind the scenes. Then when there were occasions that we had to mix it up by four or five players swapping and changing, they could step in. They weren't our financial situation then was quite tight. They weren't expensive signings by any stretch. They were just really clever. There was a lot of talk about mess, uh, the current team being the best ever team in Championship history, and, and they're missing that grit that Pearson's side had, and that's what we desperately miss. I think right now is the know-how yeah. of winning promotion. We've got some exceptionally experienced players in this squad, and that's why Cody now you would assume is going to be the one to step up in Vestergaard's suspension, uh, the slot there at centre-half, because he is the, the the one candidate within the squad who has one promotion here with Wolves. In fact, in quite similar terms, you know, they were streets ahead of everyone else the season they went up. And they had a couple of games that could have made it tight. They played Cardiff on a Friday night away from home uh, and got a result there um, that Wolves fans still talk about now. The thing about atmospheres around the clubs the point I make about this in Southampton is I actually think we're suffering the main me mentality as, as well as quite similar playing styles um, that there's a notion that these players are quality is better than this division and the fans also have the similar sort of attitude to the championship yeah 
a very important point was made on Saturday. Good article by, it was horrible to read because it was about Leeds doing very well. Um, Phil Hay, who's an excellent writer for Leeds on The Athletic, he made the point that Leeds United, when they got promoted, it was through COVID. Their fans never had the opportunity to celebrate their promotion up to the Premier League under Bielsa. So Friday night was quite an experience for them. That was almost like them cashing in on, on that occasion there where they didn't celebrate it. So they are they will, when, when I said I can't see them winning 12 out of 12, I can't see them losing at home at Ellen Road um, no. with, that, with that behind them at the minute. And Ipswich have just got this kind of mentality now that they've got no pressure on them. They've come up from League One. Uh, they won promotion last season. They've got the experience of what they've got to do now. Uh, they Again, they, they were, you know, they actually uh, missed out. They didn't actually win the league last season, but uh, but they went up to 100 and something points to try and get to Plymouth. Um, so I, I just I just think now, yeah, like I said, running-wise, sound like James Madison, don't we? We've, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, but it's going to get awfully squeaky bum time over the next few weeks. I don't know what you mm. guys think. I, well, I completely. I still think we'll get promoted. Whether we win the league, I don't. I don't know. I think it's we've had a couple of in, uh, injuries yesterday, um, and I think they're bad ones. I, I just think I wouldn't like to get them in the playoffs, but I just think they. They don't quite make it for whatever reason, and that that could be egg on my face. And I think we've got enough quality to see us through. But the points you make about us and Southampton, I think, are really similar. There is this sort of attitude that our players are far better than you know than this level, and I think some of them are. Like our first eleven might be, but it's a it's a squad game, and I think the players, some of the lads that we're bringing off, I think. You know, I'm not sure they're they're better than better than Championship level, and I think it's just that I don't know that sort of will from things around us. Like, you know, can I really see as you know the King Power roaring the team on to a victory at the moment? Probably not. You know, it was better against Mil- uh, Middlesbrough, but it wasn't really it wasn't what Ellen Road was for the last. 10 minutes on Friday night, was it? It was absolutely bouncing. It was every single stand. You know, you might get, you know, if we're lucky at the King Power, it's one stand, isn't it? Um, I mean, for the most part, it's one corner. Um, so I can't I can't see that. And, and I think there is, whether it's entitlement or, what, or whatever, I still think there's a bit of an attitude about that. But having had a bit of a setback now, it might change. I think I thought that was interesting. I still can't quite get my head around why the atmosphere was suddenly better against Middlesbrough. I think it was because people felt like we were we were in a contest. And but the bit that I go back to, and the bit that that sort of scares me a little bit is Ricardo coming out. Not just Ricardo. I don't want to pick on him, but you know, do the players really get it? Like there were a few weird Instagram posts before the game last week. You know. Enzo's coming out with with stuff, and I feel I just hope they're being honest internally. Basically, I, what they say externally will never never be a true reflection of what's said internally. I mean, there's a really famous scene in the Arsenal documentary where Arteta absolutely digs his players out and goes, 
you know, I think he says something quite comically at the end of it. It's like, I'm now going to have to go and talk absolutely bollocks in front of the cameras to try and deflect onto the referee or whatever. And Enzo didn't choose to do that on Friday night. We've not even talked, spoken about the refereeing decision, by the way, yet. And, uh, you know, I think, to be honest, because there were two shockers and he's a terrible referee. Ricardo should never be booked. And it's not, you know, he's not offside. And, you know, that's bad luck. But when you miss the other chances as well. But the bit for me is... You know, have we got the stomach for the fight? We've definitely got the quality and we we should walk it. Will we? I don't I don't think so. I think I think I'm with you, Harry. I think it's gonna be very squeaky. And it, in a way, it might be the making of us. You know, you talk about Nigel Pearson's side. I think they were all the better for, you know, the year before where they completely fucked it up. I think if we fuck it up this year and don't go up, I'm not sure we've got the financial sort of wriggle room to to really stomach that based on what's being said about FFP. So I don't I don't think we can do that. But you know, if we do get stuck in and and win some close close games, Rick, it, it may be it, it may be the making of us. And actually maybe it it sort of focuses people's mind in the summer. You know, yeah. if, if we walked it, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, then you know people might not be awake to the fact of how much investment you know, the squad needs and how hard this is going to be, but it's going to be an absolute shit fest, isn't it, the next 12 games? Yeah, it's it's going to be stressful, uh, and that's something that Leicester fans don't like to deal with, because we've been through this and not got many... Well, actually, we have got plenty of um, experiences where we've won things. I mean, actually, that that's where you probably sound delusion as a fan, but despite the unbelievable highs that we've experienced. There's been enough of the lows and that in life, you always remember the negative stuff, don't you? Because that's what keeps you up at night. Unless you're some... Interestingly, Rick, interestingly, apparently, right, pain, you don't remember how long the pain lasted for. You just remember how painful it is. Yeah, And I think that's quite apt as a Leicester fan because... For me, relegation, like I, I got to a place I was like, we're, we're fucking down. And like, yeah, you know, it, it when the season didn't start, and I think I made the same conclusion in, in early March. But, but that's it, isn't it? I think this, this will be long and painful, and, and how painful it will be will be decided by whether we go up or not. I mean, the, the thought, the, the, the possibility of not going up is unthinkable. Um, I'm very, you know, probably knee jerk and, um, do mongering, whatever you want to call it, but I'm with you, boys. I think our financial situation looks uh, from afar to be very precarious, and not getting promotion will not help that in any way. I think it will be a real concern. So, anyway, I I, I wasn't necessarily around for when you're asking Harry and your and you gave your views on uh, whether we still go up. I still believe in them. Um, I'm not. I think it's going to be a real touch and go for whether we win the league because uh, although it's six points in it for from second and third, I think Leeds are stronger than Ipswich. I might be a bit deluded, but I think Leeds are about to lose a game or two. Uh, I think the way that we played them on Friday may well have been very much like Huddersfield playing. Uh, Southampton, where Southampton came back and won and have then gone on to lose three out of four. Now, we're better than Huddersfield and maybe it's the wake-up call Leeds need, but I think they might be bottoming out. You know, you don't. we only won nine on the spin and then lost a couple. Very difficult to keep winning. 
Um, yes, Farker's got more experience, but I think they may well lose a couple. And if so, great, because I think we still need a bit more wriggle room. But I think we're still going to do it. It's going to be horrible. I think the fans need to wake up to this and get behind them. You know, when you feel like this, as opposed to just thinking you're going to piss it or don't feel anything, the atmosphere is not going to be that good. But I tell you what, if you put us like-minded fans in now feeling like this, I'll be revved up and wanting to make noise because you panic. Like you, You've got to articulate it. You've got to get it out. And we need to go and do that. All the Cabbage Soup Brigade need to do the same as well. They need to realise the situation we're in. So I think we'll do it. But I think Cody, I think now is when we use Cody. It's got to be. Vestergaard's well, out for two is, games. Is he going to use Cody? Because, uh, you know, there are unconfirmed rumours that... Um, and, and he didn't pick him last time, did he? So I don't think we no. need to even go in that, that, you know, I think... There is a slight suggestion that Maresca and Cody don't quite see eye to eye, and a bit that's complete speculation. And we have no idea what's going on. But he didn't pick him last time, and he sort of said it was because he's not quick. Well, I don't think Wout's quick, and I don't think Yannick's quick, and well, Callum Doyle's not quick. But no, Vestergaard's the slowest of all the defenders, and he's now not going to play. So it's. Bringing Cody in doesn't make our defence slower. It makes it slightly quicker than with Vestergaard. I mean, I, I really, really rate Nelson. And I, in any other situation, I would love him to be given these next two to three games, Bournemouth included. Um, but I just think, you know, maybe we're pinning all our hopes on something that won't happen. But Cody's supposedly a leader. He's led Wolves to promotion. Um and as Harry said, you know, they had some moments down the stretch where things probably got a bit tighter than they thought it would do. I can't quite remember, but I do recall, you know, they'd set the pace throughout the season. Um, so you've got to use him. Uh, and likewise, maybe a couple of the other players. I think he, he stopped trusting the squad. Mm, completely. He, he didn't have the trust in the squad at the start of the season because it was early on and he was using it and we were scoring late goals or players were coming on and seeing games out. I get that you get drawn to certain players that, that you want to turn to, but Enzo must reflect on things and say, well, hang on, I keep making these subs and we're, we're not actually seeing out games. So, hang on, I'm on, I'm on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think we, need to, we need to use Cody. <laughs> um Rick, I'll let you deal with that. But I think we are we're probably I don't know if we've done everything on, on leads and mentality, Harry, but you know, is there anything that we've not mentioned on on the game that you, you need to get off your chest? I'm not quite sure how therapeutic that would have been for, for people, but we've gone through a fair bit there, I would say. But anything else? Uh, no, not not for me about the game. I just I, I just wanted to pick up on something that's come to light uh, today on social media that when we make the point about Leicester and Southampton having this kind of mentality that yeah, and it comes from both the managers. We had Enzo on Friday, uh, Thursday, make the comment that um, would have revved up leads or the users' motivation. I don't mind it so much sometimes if the manager's then willing after the game to put up an equally um, a strong defence then of his players because it, it you know it's, it's sometimes it works well and you and you are 
placing the confidence in the players to say, you know, I, you know, I have my belief in these. But Russell Martin, uh, there's a video going around on social media where he refused to shake Millwall's goalkeepers and at full time, probably for time wasting. Um, but that was absolutely laughable, and you begin to question, well, that's just show, that's not a great look at all, is it? That's a manager that's clearly under pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I suspect Southampton are in, well, they've done better on their departure, should I say. There's, there's going to be financial pressures there as well. Um, on a wider point with the atmosphere, I think it's absolutely important that the fans get behind them now from here on in. It's kind of time to put away the... Um, the division sometimes that we have about 85 minutes leaving, etc. It's time to put all that to the side. Fans have got to get behind them. Um, yeah. We're in a race now. Um, ironically, I think that next season, regardless of division we're in, I think there's going to be actually some painful medicine that will occur in June, July time in terms of expectations because I said a month ago that I can't see anyone's contracts being renewed. Um, well, there's suggestions that Vestergaard's in talks for a new contract. So it makes you question. Um, we must have made the balance that you know we must be making the equation. We've got to keep these players on because we aren't going to have the twenty million to bring in a Premier League quality player, and that that level that that expectation reigning in, I, I think will probably do wonders in terms of um, the overall atmosphere. Um, into you know all of a sudden there won't be that kind of um, prejudged. You know, we, we are this good anymore. Yeah, I think that's it for me from the game. Kind of got it off my chest. Well, I did. I did. What well, I was going to bring this up in any other business to check whether anyone had seen the phenomenal video of Russell Martin. But um, I think people know me and Rick aren't on having him. Um, and the bit that the bit that really gets me is he. You know, he's lost a couple of games, and he he's he's a big talker, Russell. Um, but he's just dug out his players straight away. He's refused to shake the hand of of the other players. And and to be fair to Enzo, in his in his interview, I think I think he was emotional because, like I said, he was doing his nut for the last ten minutes, and he is emotional. He said we weren't as good as Leeds mentally, but we don't have a mentality problem, which is very confusing. But I think he's not trying to dig out the players. Yeah. Who internally, I hope he's telling the players that fucking bottle jobs, and they need to like sort it out because the players you know if they don't they don't recognize the issues we're having they're not going to improve on them so i, I don't think he's quite as bad but it's interesting about the style because because again i think you know playing that way under pressure i think is when that style becomes really hard and um yeah we're kind of going over old ground but but yeah i think it, i think it is interesting that southampton have fallen away in that in that way and it's you know we're having a blip as well, whereas you know Ipswich, which is just high energy, bring whoever on you, you know, make six subs, take loads of shots, run loads. That's a bit, you know, there's less margin for error. Leeds is, you know, they've got fantastic. I mean, their front four costs about 120 million. So, you know, when we talk about having players that are far too good for this level, I mean, if Notto could finish, he, you know, he'd be the best player at this level, but he clearly can't. But Anyway, I think there's there's not a huge margin for error. But um, Rick, before you went off to to get dark, mm -hmm. I was just going to say um, any final thoughts or anything you've not raised in the Leeds game before we um, we play a game of who are you? Uh, no, I think we've covered it all, and 
as Harry said, I think I'm I think I'm now over the the sort of anger. Um, I, I mean, it was unjust. We should in isolation, we shouldn't have lost that game, and so got to take the positives out of that. As has Enzo and the club, but they've also not got to keep doubling down on, you know, the fact that there isn't more we can do. We've got to get better at, at seeing those games out. Um, mm. And as you say, I mean, Ma- Russell Martin, just beggars belief. Uh, you know, I love Enzo's style of how he he seems to manage the players, and and although we want more from him, you know, and we want him to learn quickly on the job. I do love that he's not going to throw his players under the bus because that won't help right now. No way will yeah. that help. If they're already delicate in in sort of <laughs> under pressure, that is not going to help. There's a time and place for that and, and that we won't prosper. So I'm still confident in Enzo. Um, and I love a lot of what he does. And he, he's got to learn on the job quickly. And, and I think now, I, I really think this next week will make or break us. Um, I think this is Enzo... It's his time to to steer us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Shall we play Who Are You? Sure. Let me do the music. Can you play the music, please? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Again, we we need to get you trained on how to just sort of like fade stuff out, Rick. Well, how do you fade it out? You just you click the volume down slightly. Oh, slowly bring it down. Yeah, rather than just pressing pause quite abruptly. My mixtapes back in the 90s were dog shit. Used to could never mix it in. You used to yeah. just be stopping all sorts of starting. Bet they were. Right. Um, I've got two because if the first game's too quick, I'm going to do another one. Uh, so I'm going to start with the slightly harder one, who I don't know whether we've had before. I don't think we have. Is Potter um, on? I don't know. I don't know. Um, if, if he has, then I'll apologise. But... Um, I've not had much sleep and uh, I haven't seen the spreadsheet. So there's my excuse. <laughs> so I was born on the 16th of October, Nicky Adams. Oh, for fuck's sake. Has he? He's not. <laughs> Correct. Wow. He's done it off a date of birth. <laughs> that, is, that is a new record. That well, is like, insane. I got Tongue Chef off a date of birth, but that's because do, it do, was do I show... birthday. That's unreal. Do, do... I'll show you by working out. I worked out he was 38, and I just fought someone from up north, and obviously we signed yeah. him from... Barry or Rochdale. And as, as Ben's just mentioned, I had a little bit of a uh, thing for him because I'd, I'd watched him play for Barry and I said he's a decent player. Um, and he appeared for about three months, didn't he, before we loaned him out somewhere. So 
30 games for us, which is more games than I thought he paid for us. But um, yeah, but yeah, he um, and then he went to Brentford uh, in 2010. Five caps for Wales under 21s. Uh, um, pretty pretty nondescript career beyond did that. He, did he get Brentford at the same time as Schlupp went there? I seem to recall them both being on loan there. Maybe. Maybe. But by the way, how bizarre was it that Schlupp went on loan uh, on trial to um Man United uh, to Man United for two yeah. weeks? Like that never happens now. And so Man United what, like, to play left back for Man United in their academy, and then he came back and we used him at left back. It was almost it like was, Ferguson was like let send him here on work experience and I'll get him I'll get him trained up and then travel back <laughs> like, sort just, out a problem position. It, it's bizarre. That's really, really bizarre that that happened. I'd love to hear like the backstory of like why that happened. Can we send McAteer off to Pep for two weeks? Yeah. And yeah, get him back as a bloody winger. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, that's deflected um, from that masterclass from Gregory. But go on, let's yeah, do well, the second one because that's let's the do the second one. Um, I'm not going to tell you where he's born this time. Uh, born on the 13th of June, 1975. Julian Jochim. Uh, nope. Paddy McCarthy. No. Although he's he's reappeared, Paddy McCarthy, hasn't he? He's, he's, yep. He was caretaker at Palace, wasn't he? Palace, yeah. Um, career appearances 358 16 goals paid for five clubs Uh, Patrick Kisnorbo nope Phil Gilchrist. No. His son plays for Chelsea now, Phil Gilchrist. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Neil Dan's come on for... Yeah, came on. You know, we're getting... The best one is uh, Figaro from Wigan's son's son, Liverpool's box. Oh, really? He clerks up playing for Liverpool as well. It's like, they're basically like football manager regens, aren't they? I know. Um, We've reached that stage of life. Can you remember Neil Dan's um, uh, kept brought had his own app Twitter. called Spitter yeah, rather than Twitter? Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was funny. If only Elon Musk uh, invested in that. Yeah, exactly. If only. Um, he didn't re- represent England for the full team, but made nine appearances for the under twenty ones and one appearance for England B. I would say it's all in the clues, but um, I'm Stuart Campbell. No, we've had Stuart Campbell before as well. Mm. Uh, Michael Ball. I said that last time as well. No. 
Um, born in Leamington Spa. Well, someone might give it away on the answers, I think. <laughs> no, no, they haven't. No. They're both incorrect. Yeah, Draper scored more goals than 16 in his career, didn't yeah, he? Both incorrect, yeah. It's not Mark Draper. And it's not Lee Hendry. It's not Lee Hendry. Lee no. Hendry. Franz Carl. No, not Franz Carl. Uh, finished his career at Cardiff City. And before that, played at West Bromwich Albion. Chris Makin. Incorrect. There is a clue at which point you're going to get it, and it's probably the next one. Oh, I think I'm not. No. Lee Marshall? It's not Lee Marshall. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, do we have to wait for another clue? Have you okay. have you guessed this one, Rick? I can't. I've remember. had a guess. Yeah, already. Right, I'm going to give you another clue. I think this is slightly hard. Played for Leicester City, 2003-2004, 29 games, one goal. Ricky Skimmaker. Yes, Rick. I had it. Well done. Yeah. Well played. Yeah. One each. We'll leave one it. One each. That. Which is two one two each. now. Although I think on on away goals, um, Harry takes it for for that. Yeah. comprehensive but we we live to fight another day that we do good game though good game yeah it's hard, it's hard work yeah, with clues game. just trying to trying to keep you keep you away from them um so we, so we move on to any other business which my section was going to be um uh around um russell martin but we've done that um so rick harry any other business but we probably should touch on qpr because this will be the the last one we do before QPR. Yeah, I mean, well, for we've, me, we've got I mean, we got Bournemouth before that, haven't we? Oh, fucking hell, I forgot about Bournemouth, haven't we? Yeah, that, that was what I was going to say. I mean, what would you boys do regards to team selection? I mean, we need a result for confidence, but I also think I'd approach it like we did the Birmingham game after we lost to Cov and Drew with Ipswich. Um, I would still largely put our fringe players out Mainly because, again, they need to prove that they can then be used by Enzo to see out games in the bread and butter. Um, but, yeah, I, I, we could well do without that game. I mean, I love the FA Cup and if we get through that and as long as uh, by the time the quarterfinals comes around, hopefully we're, we're back on track in the league and, and it's a, a nice um, combination to be in. But right now, it's like being served up a burger after you've already had a carvery. You don't want it, do you? In any other no. time, you would. So, no, get out of it. Um, I, I, I don't want out to do with it, other than maybe place like Brandon Cover and a couple of the other youngsters who played well against Birmingham and see how they get on. Well, it's a shame Alva's got injured, really. Again, oh, no, it? don't, mate. A perfect game to, to get him involved. I know. Um, I'm, I'm devastated for him. And hopefully, <laughs> he's back in a few weeks and does then get, get a chance. I think I'm with you, mate. I'd, I'd change it all. I just, I think what we, 
what we can't have now is something that would derail our season unnecessarily. So what we you can't have Ricardo getting injured, Winks mm. getting injured, Dewsbury Hall getting injured because we've been, you know, by and large pretty fortunate. I mean, indeed, he's a massive loss, and he's here. You know, where the LZ? Because he said he would be back in two weeks, and it's been bizarre, two months it? now, and that's that is bizarre. Um, but we need him back quickly because you know we, we've barely lost a game with him. We haven't lost a game with him playing. I think our record is almost a hundred percent with him in the team. Um, so I think we need to get him back. But yeah, I, I don't know about you, Harry, but I'd, I'd changed a lot of them. I can't say I'm that asked, which is sad, really. But I, I think for teams in the Championship, you're not going to win the FA Cup, are you? So does it really matter? No. So the thing is, I think everyone holds the, um, and it sounds pretty sad to say, everyone wishes for a day out at Wembley, don't in the semi-final, but um, we've, we've been there and done that without being too well, um, caught on that if point. We have a go, if we have a go in the uh, FA Cup, we might have a day out, an unfortunate day out at Wembley that we don't really want if we're not careful. <laughs> so. Well, the, F, the FA Cup finals, the same weekend as the Championship playoff final so I'd, from that point of view I'd quite enjoy watching the authorities try and um, get the way around that one wow. is it um, yeah the FA Cup's on the Saturday the playoff final's on the Monday amazing wow um, oh god but that, 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 that I was just I was just going to pick up on that point about where the FA do the disservice George had a rant about it the FA do a disservice on the FA Cup this fifth round scheduling is always since they've made it midweek, is a total not a joke and does the competition a major disjustice. When we won it, we played Brighton and it was in the midst. They, they position it right when all the teams have got European fixtures. And when we played Brighton on that fifth round and Kel got an header right in the last minute, last kick at normal time before it went to penalties, we had to play the likes of Daly Campbell and stuff like that to make it work. And Bournemouth are probably... When, we, when the draw first come out, I was actually a bit, well, they're in a really good position to give this game a good go, which I still think they will. I still think they'll go full strength, but their forms actually fell off a little bit. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, seven or eight changes for me, um, to be quite honest. that there's, there's there's probably three or four, I might say, key pinch, try and play them into form. Probably the two wingers being those in particular. Um, also say it's the fact we've sold out on a Tuesday night at Bournemouth with an extended allocation to what we normally get is quite simply exceptional in terms of pure numbers. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at with the Bournemouth game. See, see where we go. You know, I, it's on, it's on BBC iPlayer. I'll watch it, but um, I definitely won't have the same reaction if we lose in the manner, even in on Friday in this game, yeah. I'll just shrug my shoulders and onto the next one. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, the point you make about the away support, I think it thinks really good one because again, it sounded incredible on the TV for for eighty minutes. All I could hear was was Leicester fans on on TV, and that trip down to Bournemouth is not an easy one on a Tuesday night, is it? So, um, so yeah, fair play to anyone going down there. Um, Rick, anything else? Uh, no, I can't think of anything else. Um, no, nothing, mate. Good. Uh, I did. I did have something I thought of, but again, it escapes me. So it's just lack of sleep again. 
someone's suggesting put Ward in goal. Well, Ward did play for the under 21s the other night, and you did yeah. wonder why. That bothered me. I said, didn't I? I was scared that maybe Hermanson had picked up a knock and we didn't know about it. That's another yeah. thing, actually. Let's have it fucking right. How many injuries do we get between the press conference the day before yeah. and the game itself? Like, it's happened loads. Don't, don't train. Put them in a car chamber for the entire 24 hours between the game because... It's unsafe. Whatever the practices that they're doing, it's unsafe because the injuries we get between then, he's. I can't get my head around it. And how long's Vardy out for now? Yeah, that'll be a month. That's a real blow. That is because I just. Well, thought, he would have. He tucks that. He tucks that Daco on all well, day. Well, even if he didn't start and he played, came on with twenty minutes to go. That's that would have probably been enough to. Uh, Leads in a way because that you know Roden looked really spooked by. Oh, he had it. He he was all over the place. Roden was, and even yeah. the Leeds fans have confessed that's the first time he's looked rustled all season. Yeah, yeah. And here's yeah. one for you then. Yeah. What does Seniorman now get a little worm his way back in? Can and is he the man to take us to, um, take us to the title? No. <laughs> He's been fucking garbage all season, Rick. I know. I'm just putting it out there. It'd um, be typical. Well, do you know what? I would have had him on the bench for whatever reason. If he didn't travel or whatever, that's bizarre because it's something's, one thing... something's off, isn't it? Because so something's off of him because he, he went over to AFCON half injured, yeah. popped up to score a penalty for a midway through the tour. Tournament, didn't do a lot else, which had this quite funny moment where he went off celebrating, no one celebrated with him, or ran off to the woods a goalkeeper. And then he's come back and he's not even had the light today being on the bench. Yeah, there is something which, um, strange. So there's, so there's something strange gone on there. I've, I've got a theory, by the way, that when we go see Grave and we have between the press conference and the... Um, I think we all have to cross that dodgy... Uh, the, the dodgy reservation change on the A46 to get across over to the other side of the road for the team bus because they must have them running up and down the dual carriageway or something to keep picking up these well, injuries. Well, Rick, you do jest when you talk about Seagrave not being safe. That turning is, is not very oh, safe, is it? So Well, it, it, it nearly de delayed the, the sign-off of Seagrave, didn't it? Because it is. Yeah. It's unsafe and maybe... Yeah. Maybe that's the comeuppance that some of our players in the footballing gods keep getting injured. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. I, I just yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Anything more from you, Harry? Uh, the one point I'd like to make is um, we, we spoke before about atmosphere and Union FS have been really trying to encourage the fact that ultimately it's an open. You know, anyone's welcome to come and have a chat with the guys. They're holding a night on the 21st of March at Duffy's. So it yeah. is a Thursday, so it's towards the end of the week. Um, I think if there's anyone that is, you know, um, how should I say, I'd like to be part of it, how do I do it? These guys have probably spoken to the club the closest when it comes in terms of the singing, singing section, that, you know, that they've had the opportunity to speak to people. Um, and try and help get people moved over to that area. So, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're a bit unsure, 
pop in, have a word. I'm sure, you know, the, the guys, some of the guys I know there, they're very open, very good to have a chat, even if it's just about City. And, and you know, it's something that you think about next year, but but it's there for, for you. And I'm, and I'm sure they'd encourage you to come down. That's, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. I think I'm going to that if I can get off babysitting duty. Uh, I've not mentioned it to Mon <laughs> yet. Uh, even if you're listening, Mon. Uh, but uh, yeah, I will, I will be going to that. And I have now moved our tickets into right in not right into the things like we're just more in the singing section than we were we've just gone from left to right but um but yeah cool good plug parry um uh anything else no other than to say we have missed jake and jordan hopefully we will get a pod of all of us again soon i know it's difficult at the minute isn't it very busy lives um but we got a linchpin at the minute in Harry yeah. Gregory is stepping in and I think we're we're close to becoming a permanent five ball anyway. So we'll do that to the system. Big, big absent Leicester boys. Um <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks right. for listening. We will Cheers, boys. have one probably again this time next week hopefully after a win against qpr i don't think we'll do one after the bournemouth game there's no chance of us being able to organize that um have a very good week um hopefully it'll be a bit more positive next week as uh, as lee says onwards and upwards uh and we'll see you soon play the music rick Shit, hang on then Podcast Network.